I love Christmas. How many of you love Christmas in here, right? I love, I love the spilled coffee in Christmas. I love the chaos of children in worship during Christmas. If you love Christmas, give God a clap of praise, man. I love Christmas. I love the decorations that comes with Christmas. I even love all the cheesy songs that comes with Christmas. Even those songs that my dad in older Kahu would say is sacrilege, like, you know, Santa Claus is coming to town. I love all those pagan songs of Christmas. All right. Just says we need a savior. Amen. Right, I, and what I love—I don't know about you, but I was trying at least one more day not to go with this song. But I was listening to K Love yesterday, and they played this song that I hate listening to because it just makes me a Nancy man. I just cry all the time. Say it with me if you know the song, "Christmas Shoes." How many of you have heard "Christmas Shoes"? Right, especially when the boy comes in the song, right? And he, he goes with his high-pitched voice. I want to buy those shoes for my mama, please. And if you know the premise of the story, the boy's mom is sick, and all he wants to do is buy his mom some shoes. And before he could give those shoes to mom, mom passes away and goes to be with Jesus, all right? If you do not cry after you listen to that song, you do not have a heart, Hawaiian. All right, I cry all the time, and I was like, "Thank the Lord Jesus!" If I listen to KWXX, it's a secular channel. They're not gonna play Christmas shoes. Guess what they play yesterday? Christmas shoes, bruh. Right? Talk about and thank. And I just came from golf yesterday, right? And I cannot golf. There's just FYI out there, all right? And my hands were shaking. My all the muscles that I don't have in my body yeah, was shaking because we're doing 18 holes. It took us like five hours, just four of us, to get through 18 holes. And then when I jump into my avalanche, God bless Zeke Tomaselli. I hear, I wanna buy those shoes. And like it would be improper and not correct etiquette to just turn it off. You know, you'll be a Scrooge too. That you, you just have to man up and listen to that song. Can I get an amen in this room, right? Amen. But one of the things that is big about Christmas, specifically in America, is what it gives. Christmas is an encouraging time. In fact, we know in America that Christmas is the biggest holiday holiday celebrated for one main thing, encouragement. In fact, it is found in gift cards. You know, some of you have bought some cards, um, encouragement cards. In fact, this one says right here, right in the middle of the produce aisle, Frosty gets caught picking his nose, right? And you see the carrots right there, right? Ha-ha, everybody laugh, ha-ha, ha-ha. Yeah. All right. It says here, I, I picked this card just for you. Happy holidays, right? What a, what a blessing. What an encouragement. Here's another card. All right. Merry Christmas and a, help me out, Happy New Year. You know, they spend billions of dollars every year just selling Christmas cards. Here's another Christmas card. It says, Christmas wishes. Everybody say, aww. Oh, yeah. Hey, mahalo. It says here, you can never have too many Christmas wishes or too many people in life who are as special and lift your spirits wonderful as you. You know what I'm saying? All you mentally men in there, give me a ramble card or something, Kahu. 
something with Rambo, killing somebody. Here's another one. I love this one. This one is pretty cool. Ready? Amen, amen. What does it say? So we got chipmunks. He said, bring on the jolly and have the fun-filled Christmas you deserve. I mean, that's the reality. Christmas is encouraging. That is why a lot of you who have not come to church in a while came today. Why? Because you want to encourage your spouse. Can I get an amen, man? All right? You want to encourage each other. And that's what Christmas does, specifically for Christmas. But let me tell you something that's another reality. Christmas is not the same for all Christians around the world. In fact, Christmas is, America is not the proper model of Christmas. Let me share with you what other Christians experience around the world. We know this, that number one, in China, pastors and evangelists are taken prisoners and are forced to labor on Christmas Day. And they do that to say, hey, where's your God? If your God loves you, if your God is so powerful, where is he? And they're laboring right now as we are free to worship Christ here in America. In Iran, Christmas is celebrated in private because it's illegal to be a Christian in Iran. Last year, an Assyrian pastor and 14 other believers were caught worshiping and were arrested and beaten on Christmas Day. Nobody knows where these 15 people is today. At the same time, Iran, listen to me, this is cool. Iran is the fastest growing Christian nation in the world. Isn't it cool, right? Later on, we see in Nigeria, 28 Christians were killed on Christmas Day in 2016. Last week in Pakistan, just, just last Sunday, a group of terrorists went into a church in Pakistan, a Christian church, and shot up the place, killing 11 people and injuring 50 others. What am I saying? America, Christian, Christmas in America is not the norm for the world. And for us, this brings a great point for all of us in this room. Christmas is a time of personal evaluation. All right, everybody grab your heart and say this with me. God... Evaluate my heart. Evaluate my heart. That is the reality. We want God to evaluate our heart because we can get caught up in all the the secular side of Christmas, the, the traditionalism that I said I love, but there's a reality when it comes to the world. Not everyone knows Christmas as we know Christmas today. And I want to share with you a verse that is pretty familiar in the Christian circles, and I'm not going to assume everyone in here is Christian, so I'm going to read it to you right on the screen. It's found in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14. And it says this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of, help me out with those two words, grace and truth. Let me use a other translation to better help you understand this text. In the New Living Translation, it says this, so the word became, help me out, human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And I want to give you just two truths out of this text today. There are two truths, and we be pow, and some of us can go home and eat all the grinds that you've been preparing, right? Amen, hallelujah. By the way, if you came Thursday night, thank you for all the grinds, man. Thank you. 
Right, that was awesome, the celebration. I'm just going to uh, encourage us, you know, we are a Hawaiian church, and for some reason, we don't either bring rice or we don't bring enough rice, you know what I'm saying? All we had over there was, uh, I guess that's good for me not having rice, right? All we had over there was protein. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. If you're ready for some protein in the Word, say amen. amen. Here's two truths of Christmas. Number one, God came to us. Say that with me. One, two, three. God came to us. If you were a Christian, you should be shouting out glory right now because this is a big deal for us. When we look at the text, it says it said that God dwelt among us. The word we see in here is that he became two things. Number one, he became flesh. In other translation, he became human. God became just like you and I, right? Here's, here's the only difference. Here's the only difference, all right? He was 100% God. Now, how does that work? Well, you can ask the smartest scientist of how that all works. It just does. Christmas is all about God coming to us. He came in faith. He became like you and me. The only difference was he was 100% God and 100% man. There's one difference in all of that spectrum and that scope. We cannot be God. But he can because he is the creator of the universe. Christ was, listen to me, here's a known fact of this. This was a miracle. Christ, Jesus, the son of God, was born as a miracle baby. Why? Because what produced in the Mary was not so much how we would reproduce as humans. What produced Jesus in Mary was God himself through the Holy Spirit. He became flesh, he became, and he dwelt among us. Matthew 1 says this, Now the birth of Jesus came to took play, and took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the who? Holy Spirit. That makes him distinctive of us humans. Because we produce human among human. We see God's Spirit producing Jesus himself in Mary's womb. That is a miracle of itself. Dr. David Skinner says it this way, Mary became pregnant without human aid. Think about that, mamas. Think about that, mamas. Now, some of you guys will be like, that is gross, you know? Some of you are like, what in the world? What's going on? It's because our minds think from a humanistic standpoint and not from a heavenly standpoint. Mary became pregnant without human aid, with the result that child born to her was the son of God. This does, this does not mean that somehow the Holy Spirit took the place of a human father and supplied the male seed. This was a miracle whereby the Holy Spirit created in Mary's womb the incarnate son of God. There's so much truth to that. Why do we celebrate Christmas? Because God came to us. Here's the second thing that happened. All right? He became flesh. And number two, he dwelt among us. The word dwelt in the Hebrew language is the picture of pitching a tent. All right? Pitching a tent, meaning God made residence here on earth. His tent was a manger. All right? The most lowliest ways to be born as a human. Well, we will go to hospitals. The Savior of the world went to a barn. Are you with me? And I think about it, what happened was when he dwelt among us, certain things happened. People began to become, say this word with me, niele. Say it. 
Niele. They became curious of what was going on because it wasn't normal in the, this time for babies to be born in a barn. Oh, that's, that word is more hard to put together. Amen? And all that. There, 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 it wasn't normal. And so we see people being Niele. In fact, a month ago, we moved back to the Hawaiian homestead in Paneva from Ainaloa, right? And when we got there, Every auntie and uncle was there roaming the street, being the LA, and said, who this family over here? And they probably saw my Howley wife walk outside, all the Hawaiians, and they were like, who's this Howley sister out here, right? They were being, they was going, and then when I walk out, and all this, ho, kanaka, how you, brother, aloha, brother. They, they wanted to know what was going on, and that's what happened with the birth of Jesus. When Jesus dwelt among us, people became to become Niele. We know this, because the gospel talks about about those Niele brothers, the shepherds. They came because they saw this big star. We see three wise men coming from the east, and they were Niele. They wanted to know, bro, what's going on over here? Hey, what's going on? There's an unusual star that's taking place in the sky, and we want, and it's right above the city of Bethlehem, and we want to know what's going on. Are you with me? And as they saw that, they saw this beautiful baby wrapped in swaddling cloth. And also, there were also one Niele person. He was the king. His name was Herod. Now, Herod was an evil guy. Herod wanted everything his way. And when Herod heard that a prophecy was being fulfilled on that day, we know both in Christian history and secular history that King Herod killed every firstborn boy. But one thing happened was that God told Jesus to pitch his tent somewhere else. And we see that he leaves and he heads off to Nazareth. Tim Keller says this about the birth of Jesus. The incarnation did not happened merely to let us know that God exists. It happened to bring him near so he can be with us and we can be with him. That's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about God coming to us, but number two, our final, my final point, but it's that God came for us. Say that with me, one, two, three. God came for us. Think about it this way. You... In all your opala, all your pilakia, all your carnality ways, God came for you. Now, now, he didn't have to come for you, but in his sovereign grace, he came for you because he loves you. He sees you in a position where you have no other hope but to trust in him. Because he has the power to free you from the sin. We see it in our verse. He says that we have seen his glory. So he didn't just come to us. He came for us that we may experience and see his glory. This Greek word for seen is literally the relationship between a father and a son, a parent and a child. We can literally experience what it means to have a relationship with God through Jesus. Matthew 1 says this as well. Mary will bear a son. And you shall call his name, say that word with me, Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have stolen something in your life? Please raise your hand. Okay, all right, 50-50. How many of you have been rude to your mom or father? All right, okay. All right, let me ask you the, the easy question, right? 
How many of you have lied before? All right, if you did not raise your hand, you're lying now, so raise your hand right now. Okay? This is sin. This is sin, and it says that Jesus has not just come to us, but he came for us to rescue us from our sin. If you get anything out of this church, if this is the only time you come back to church, listen to this. God came that you may be free from your junk. And listen to me. He didn't come to free you temporarily. He came to give you life more abundantly. Meaning what God gives you, he sustains you. What he sustains, he completes to the very end. Because that's the kind of God we serve. He can only do what you cannot do. Save you. And we need Christ. We need God. There is no other way you can call on Pele, you can call on Lono, you can call on every other God in the world. None of them done the thing that Jesus did for you as God, died on your behalf. That's the truth. You look in all of history, look in all the articles, the only God we see that sacrifices his life for humanity, a fallen group, is Christ Jesus himself. You don't need to quit all these habits that you're doing, uh, having issues with. You don't need to, you need to trust in Jesus and let Jesus do the work in and through you because why? He is the word and he dwells among us and today we get to celebrate the living Christ. That's the joy. That's the joy. I love it how he describes himself. He describes himself as the word. Hawaiians, we call the word olelo. Olelo. And for Hawaiians, we didn't have a written down process until the 1800s. And so everything we did was by memory. And we've noticed in these, these gift cards and all that, words do one thing. They cut. What do I mean by that? Words hit the emotion of people. How do I know? You clapped when you heard something about myself, about yourself, about Christ. You did not clap when you heard something about yourself, about sin. Why? Because words cut. Words cut. And what we want to see you do, we want to see you experience Christ through the biblical authority of the word. In fact, you may say, well, this is all history stuff. This is only from a Christian point of view. I want to give you a philosopher's view who was not a Christian, but he lived in the days of Jesus. And all academic scholars use him today in high school and universities and all things. His name is Josephus. And Josephus said this about Jesus. Remember, not a Christian, okay, not a believer, but he was a philosopher and many educators today use his work as we speak. Josephus says this about Jesus. Now, there was about the time Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man. Are you with me? For he was a doer of the wonderful works, a teacher of such. Men as received the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him both many of the Jews and many of the who? Gentiles, he was, say that with me, the Christ. And when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men among us, had condemned him to the cross, those that loved him at first did not forsake him. For he appeared to them alive again on the what? Third day. 
as the divine prophets had foretold these and 10,000 other wonderful things concerning him, and the tribe of Christians so named for him are not extinct at this time. Now, it's one thing for me as a Christian to say I believe in Christ. Are you with me? It's a whole nother thing when you get credibility for an unbeliever. What am I saying? Only because you haven't experienced Christ, that does not mean he, has not, he does not exist. And the Bible says this, that Jesus came for us to save his people from sin. You may say, why did he come to do that? Because sin is the problem. Sin separates you from a relationship with the Lord. When God created you, he created us in Adam and Eve perfect. Adam and Eve, in lack of responsibility, chose to disobey God. And their disobedience, we inherited the results of their disobedience. Why do you think we sin today? Because it is of our nature. Let me teach you something. Let me share you something. When it comes to sin, you don't have to teach people to sin. It's part of our nature. In fact, this morning, my son and I woke up 5 o'clock in the morning, me and Kyle Nicole, right? And he has been such a chore today. Can I get a witness, mama? Right? He has been a chore today, all right? He has been so evil. He has been so ungodly, right? You may say, oh, but he's just two years old, Kahu. And all, yeah, he's a little ball of sin. That's what he is. And you know what? We come here. He's still acting up. And you know what this bugger do? The auntie wouldn't give him one lay. And this Hawaiian would grab his lay and go to the hospitality counter and try to give him to Auntie Donis to get food from Auntie Donis. <laughs> Who would teach this player how to be like that? <laughs> Everybody, or the father. I don't teach him that. Listen to me. That's his nature. He was born with it. Who taught him how to cry, to nag, and all this? That's who he is. That's his nature. He wants it his way or the highway. Let's not just put it all on the two-year-old. Let's talk about humanity as a whole. We want it our way. Problem is, we're going to sink real fast. Christ has come so that our perspective may change in our heart, that we realize that our way is the wrong way. And the only way is through his son, Christ. He has come, he has dwelt among us, and Christmas is all about God coming to us, for us, for the glory of his name. That is the story of Christmas. Christmas is all about God doing what he only can do through his son, Jesus. Galatians ends it this way. Galatians 4 says, but when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, Born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. Why is Christmas important? Because it's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And what he has done is he is moving mightily around this world. Let me share you some stats right now, okay? Do you know right now in Indonesia, 
which was one, one time 100% Muslim. Today, because of the gospel in the last 30 years, Muslim belief has dropped down to 86%. Why? Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know right now, as I talked about China earlier, China is exploding with the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're saying right now, over 30,000 Chinese people is giving their lives to Jesus every day. Right now, we're going to see 30,000 Chinese people. The biggest population in the world. Do you know right now in the 1040 longitude latitude area, it's the most hostile longitude latitude area around the globe. Do you know thousands upon thousands upon thousands of natives of those regions are coming to faith in Jesus every day? Why? Because when Christ said he came to save sinners, he meant it. And it starts with us. What is Christmas all about? Well, beyond Jesus, well, it can't be beyond Jesus, but with Jesus, it's about one thing. Christmas is about redemption. This right here, bro, talks about one thing. God redeeming man back to himself. And here's the danger in America. We could be walking in vain today thinking we have a relationship with God, and we don't. Our relationship is based on what we do for God. If I come to church, if I come to Ohana groups, if I do this, if I pay my tithes, if I pay my offering, you could be doing everything in vain when in all reality, the Christmas story is not what you do for God but rather what God has done for you through his son, Jesus. There's no greater message than that. That God responded to fallen man by saying, I don't care what problem you have, but I've come to save you from your sin. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Did everyone close your eyes? And would you evaluate your heart as we said earlier today? Christmas is a time of evaluation. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? If you do, then praise the Lord. But if you don't, I would just ask you two things. Would you ask God to make it clear to you what it means to have a relationship with you based on his word. Would you ask God to forgive you of your sins? Right now, would you, not not that the prayer has power, but in response to worship, just in the silence of in your heart, would you just repeat this prayer after me? Again, the prayer does not save. Jesus saves. But would you repeat this prayer? It says, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, would you forgive me of my sin? Would you redeem me from myself? Jesus, help me. I give you my life today. I give you my life today. This life belongs to you and only new. And if that is the echo of your heart today, the Bible says you are born again. You are a follower of Jesus. With every head bow and eyes closed, if, if, you, if that was your, your response today, that you trusted in Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you quickly just raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you. All hands all around this room. Thank you. God, thank you for rescuing people today. God, we clap and we rejoice, God, that you've done the work that you promised. Oh, God, do the work continually. Father, we pray right now.